0: Welcome back to Gigging and Streaming, where we are allergic to bullshit. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 2004 science fiction thriller, iRobot. Guys, I always do that. Right after you introduce the film, I go, guys. Yeah, and you usually cut me off. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I'm kidding. But guys, this is my last pick for birthday month. Last one is September. I know. Guys, get ready for the Spooky season. Before we get started, guys, don't forget, go follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. And you can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And guys, don't forget, if you haven't gotten Ross a birthday present, please go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, give us a review. We designed them to be trusted with our
1: homes, with our way of life with our world but did we design them to be trusted
2: the rollout of USR's new generation of robot the NS5 was marred by the death of designer Alfred Lanning
3: identify murder's a new trick for a robot, respond I did not murder him we're gonna miss the good old days one good old days when people were killed by other people my robots don't kill people that thing threw somebody out of a window is that registering with you a robot
4: cannot harm a human being
3: and you trust them if you want to we look to robots for protection
0: imagine the loss of all that we've gained because of an irrational paranoia
3: Does thinking you're the last sane man on the face of the earth make you crazy because if it does maybe i
0: am maybe you can be looking in the shadows all the time
3: Inside, help me find out what is wrong with these robots.
4: Dr. Lanning suggested robots might naturally evolve.
3: I was hoping to see you again, detective. Think of me as your friend. Why do not you just hand the world over on a silver platter?
4: Maybe we did. We are on the eve of the largest robotic distribution in history. There will be one robot to every
3: five humans. How many robots have ever committed a crime? How many robots in the world? None. There is no conspiracy what this is. Is one mistake. Oh, hell no.
0: Okay, so iRobot is based off of a science fiction novel. It's actually... Less of a novel and more of just, like, a collection of stories or, like, even some essays. Um, Isaac Asimov, he was an American writer and he was a professor. He actually taught biochemistry at Boston University. Yo. Yeah, like, he he was the realist. He was born in Russia. Yeah, he was a professor of biochemistry. He was a doctor of philosophy. Like, this guy was a little deep. Well, this movie's a little deep, I, don't you think? I know, I know. Um, those stories were written in, in the 40s and 50s. Yeah, this was a long time ago. Like, this story is pushing 80 years old. That's crazy. I know, I know. And you know what Carrie Ann loves that they've done? (laughs) They've taken the female protagonist from the books, Dr. Calvin, and made her Will Smith's sidekick. I'm obsessed. I know. I'm, I'm very obsessed. Does not pass the Bechtel test? I mean, hell no! Can, there are two women. <laughs> Actually, there's only one human woman <laughs> in this movie, and it's Calvin. And they made her the sidekick! And then the only other female, arguably, is Vicky. <laughs> She's a computer! She's a computer program, but, like, whatever. Anyway, getting back to it, guess what? We have names. We have names. Tell me about it. So we have in his second kicking and streaming appearance. Welcome back, Mr. William Smith. Willard. Is it Willard? His full name is Willard Carroll Smith. That's great. I know. I know. You, of course, know the great Will Smith from things like Independence Day, 1996. You know him from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know him from rap. Yes, rap. (laughs) You know him from hip hop rap. You know him as the husband. Oh. What? I think, oh, I don't know if I should bring that up. What? <laughs> Jada. The entanglement. Jada. The the hippo from Madagascar. Yes. Jada. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, on to more names. We have Bridget Moynihan. I've never seen her in anything else. I, I literally, literally, she was in the John Wick films. Was she? She, she played Helen Wick. Oh, oh no. Oh no. What? It does not end well for Helen Wick. She had a seven episode recurring arc on Sex in the City. We have silver screen asshole Bruce Greenwood. (laughs) (laughs) This man just looks evil. He's known for things like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, and he plays Kennedy in that movie, 13 Days. Um, J- isn't he the guy in Gerald's Game? Yes, Jerry's he's game. Gerald! <laughs> Jerry's no, Game? No, not Jerry's Game. Not the old man with the chess pieces. No. Okay, we've got James Cromwell. You know him from things such <laughs> as The Queen, where he played His Royal Highness, the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip. You know him from American Horror Story? Asylum? That's right. Mm-hmm. He was in the Green Mile. He was, you're right. He's in the Green Mile. He's also in Star Trek First Contact from 1996. He's the farmer from Babe, and we also have Alan Tudyk. I love Alan Tudyk. Is it because of Firefly and Serenity? Yes, it's because of Firefly, it's because of Serenity. It's because of Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, okay. We have to mention one, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, that's right. I can't believe we almost forgot about Shia LaBeouf. Fresh out of Even Stevens and Holes, Shia LaBeouf. He was a baby. He was not yet a meme. You know, I love Shia LaBeouf in Disturbia. Oh, that's right. That was a real thriller for me at that age. Oh, he's also in the things where the cars turn into the people, the, the, the heroes, the enemies. What? Transformers, robots in disguise. Oh, Transformers! <laughs> yes, I remember that now. Oh, he's also in Indiana Jones. Yes, he is. In the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Shh, shh, shh. That's the one we don't talk about. Oh, it's, oh, it is? Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. I love this movie. It's a good one. It's definitely a good one. It's one of Will Smith's better action movies. Guys, trigger warning for not all the things, but like some of the things. Lots of gunfire. Um, Lots of uh, slavery. Yeah. Lots of slavery and oppression happening here. Suicide. Trigger warning for suicide. Uh, that too. So in this futuristic world that we have going on here, I'd say about fifteen years from now. Oh my God, Chicago twenty thirty five! Like that was—that's fifteen years from now. It's a lot, but it was—it was thirty-one years from when this movie came out. I know. So holy shit, the world has become ingrained with technology. Oh, sound familiar? Oh boy, and the world has become. The world has become plenty in humanoid robots. Yeah, androids, service bots. They're like, there are- R2, my circuits burn for you. (laughs) Yes, C-3PO. There's just C-3PO's walking all around. And so basically, they are produced by USR, United States Robotics. And that was founded by Professor Alfred Lanning. So basically, Alfred Lanning started US Robotics in, you guessed it, Twenty twenty. Oh, yep, man. this is the year he's supposed to find U.S. Robotics. So I can't. we'll get there. But basically, what Alfred Lanning does is he creates this line of robotics, which is known as the Nestor class. And the Nestor class robots are all service droids. Basically, I think there's an actual map in one of the scenes where you can see the evolution like of the, the Nestor class ns one, NS two, NS three, NS four. And so, uh, you know what? I got big vibes. Of when we were watching this earlier. What? XJ9! <laughs> Guys, you seen my life as a teenage robot? My life as, as a, a teenage, teenage robot. robot my life as a teenage, teenage ro- robot. Teenage robot? Life! <laughs> Alright, so we open with some essential information. Yes, we do. In order to keep robotics in check, we have three laws. They're called the Three Laws of Robotics, originally written by Asmanov himself. And so basically, in order to keep humanity safe from this very advanced technology, we have laws programmed into their software so that, number one, a robot may not injure a human being or, through an action, allow a human being to come to harm. Law two. A robot must obey the orders given it by a human being, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. And law number three. A robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. And apparently these three laws are supposed to keep the whole system in check. And these robots work for individual people, corporations, like everywhere. They're everywhere. And you like literally can't walk through the street without getting a glimpse of one. It's super weird and corporate and creepy. So we open with Chicago police detective Dale Spooner played by will smith i wrote i wrote damn del <laughs> he's fine you know what i mean no like, yeah we're getting Dell's morning routine and he is in the shower he's listening to stevie wonder he plays a cd i know it's like it's, like it's a vinyl to them <laughs> you know what i mean this is 2035 it's an antique very superstitious Superstitious! He is superstitious. He is superstitious! Spooner is very superstitious. I love that he goes, he gets showered, he goes and opens that shoebox, and they're Converse! Leather Converse! Uh, Converse All-Stars. Vintage 2004! I can't wait, I can't wait. So we head out our door, and we are in all the glory of Chicago 2035. He opens up that door, and there's a robot, a FedEx robot, (laughs) A FedEx Nestor Class 4. Good morning, sir. Yet another on-time delivery
3: from... Get the hell out of my face, canner. Have a nice day.
0: What becomes very apparent very quickly is that Spooner doesn't like robots. Oh, no? No, <laughs> Listen to me like it's a question. <laughs> oh, no? Like, I didn't know. We didn't watch the same movie. I'm so sorry. He's walking to his grandma's and we meet his little friend Farber, played by Shia LaBeouf. God. I hate Farber, but I also love Farber. He wants to borrow the keys to Spooner's car so he can take some hot piece out on a date. No, 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 this is different. This is different, Spoon. Listen, I got this fine ass little yummy. I mean, she is complete and agreeable. I mean, ass high spankable, Spoon. What does that even mean? You know what it means, man. Okay, now stop barricading. Let me First get of all,
3: keys, stop
0: cussing because you're not good at it. Well, let me get 10 for the bus then, man. I've been there for you. This boy can't cuss. <laughs> Yo, I got this fine-ass little yummy. She's like, ass-hot, spankable, Spoon. <laughs> ass-hot, spankable? <laughs> the fine little yummy thing I can deal with. You can? Not really. Not in my heart. <laughs> not no. the objectification? No, but ass-hot, spankable? <laughs> you can't forgive that. Let's never refer to a woman as spankable. Yes. Please? Yes, let's not do that. Spoon just blows him off. Stop cussing and go home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spoon goes to visit his grandmother, Gigi. I love Gigi. I think Gigi raised him. Yes. I I think so. I don't know what happened to Spoon's parents. He gets in the door of her apartment and he's trying to crawl along the floor like he's going to scare her. And I'm like, (laughs) first of all, don't scare the elderly. Yeah, no. (laughs) Second of all, that is your grandmother. Show her some respect. (laughs) You're going to send her into a heart attack. And like she comes down towards the table with a pie and she just goes, you talk to Marcy?
3: No, Gigi, I haven't
0: talked to Marcy. Like, she heard you come in, (laughs) douchebag. No, Gigi, I haven't talked to Marcy. I guess we're divorced from Marcy. Yeah, I don't know who Marcy is. (laughs) But apparently uh, she and Detective Spooner did not meet the best end. They sit on down. What does does Spoon like to have to eat? He loves Gigi's sweet potato pie. (sighs) When we were watching it and he was putting it on the plate... Or no, he didn't put, he doesn't put it on the plate. He <laughs> takes a spoon and straight up takes it out of the pie. Pot. Sweet potato pie. Put that on the plate. I just went, when he put that big glob of sweet potato pie out, I was like, oh my God, I want sweet potato pie now. And you know, it was made with love. Yes. And from scratch. Absolutely. Thank uh. you, Gigi. He sees on her television an ad for the new Nestor Class 5 robot. They're about to roll him out. Whole new model. You know, I've seen on TV, they're giving away some of them new robots in the lottery.
3: You know, Gigi, those robots don't do anybody any good. Of all the people on God's earth, you should know better. Sometimes the stuff
0: that comes out of your mouth. If I were Gigi, I would have been like, would you look the fuck around you? (laughs) (laughs) They are kind of streamlining our society Not doing anybody any good. Now, granted... There is a significant amount of prejudice not only with Spooner but with many people in the world over robot kind because they're taking all our jobs well, yeah, that's implicit, and then there's just this whole thing where if i were if I were in this movie. I would be that scared weirdo who's like, they're getting smarter than us. So Spoon is going to work with the whole sweet potato pie. Yes. He's got the whole pie in his hands and he's just eating it with a spoon. And De- Dell is just one of those people who is looking for any reason. <laughs> he sees a robot running with a purse. And then he, <laughs> this guy who's walking by him, he takes the pie, shoves it in his chest and goes,
3: Hold my pie. Sir, hold it or wear it.
0: He chases this robot through the streets of Chicago. It's funny because this is around the time that parkour was starting to become big. Oh my god! All the parkour stunts the in this parkour. movie. All the parkour! I love the animation that they've done. Like, all of the CGI, all of the computer graphics in this movie are done really, really well. Yeah, even for 2004. Like, And I think the whole aesthetic of the movie is this fluid shining, chromatic feel. Futurescape. Future! (laughs) Where am I? Why is everything chrome? Little bit. (laughs) yeah. Big vibes. And so finally he tackles that robot because the robot slows down. The robot lets go of that purse and it rolls towards this lady on a bench and the lady (laughs) picks her inhaler up out of the purse. The inhaler's real cool looking. Yeah! It looks like a like an anesthetic mask, (laughs) but it's really tiny. So you just put it over your nose and you pull a trigger. I love this woman. You are an asshole. Ma'am,
3: is that your purse?
0: Of course it's my purse. I left my inhaler at home. He was running it out to me.
3: I saw a robot running with the purse. and Naturally, I I assume.
0: What? Are you crazy? Have a lovely day, ma'am. You lucky I can't breathe or I'd walk all up and down your ass. Where is this woman's Oscar? She needs an Oscar. <laughs> she was robbed. Like, she's honestly, might be my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Spooner goes into the police station and sits down at his desk. And this is a cop movie, so of course the chief and him are gonna have words. He wants for robots to be doing crime so badly. <laughs> he just hates robots. He does. And the chief sits him down and he's like, Spoon... Why are you tackling robots in the street? Lead by example. Says that right on your badge. I love Lieutenant John Bergen. I'm glad you knew his last name because Spooner just calls him John, so I've just got Chief John. That's what I was writing, too, before I realized his name was Lieutenant Bergen.
3: How many robots have ever snatched a purse, John, the thing is running down Uh, 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 this... How many robots in the world have ever committed a crime? No, defying crime. Answer my question, damn it. None, John.
0: I love this guy. He was on House for like half a season. Bergen? Yeah, he was, I don't remember the actor's name, but he was like House's adversary there for like half a season. Oh. Yeah, Bergen is done with his anti-robot shit. Because like Spooner's just coming back to work slowly, right? Yeah, he's come back. He's been on leave for an injury that he received, but we'll get more on that later. So Spoon gets a call. Not the best call in the world. No, it's a homicide call to USR Robotics. It's a homicide call to a suicide. Yeah, that's what's uh, interesting right off the bat. He's talking to the farmer from Babe, James Cromwell, We forgot everyone. to mention Babe. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do, pig. That'll, That'll do. do. James Cromwell is here, everybody, as Dr. Alfred Lanning.
1: Good to see you again, son. Hello, doctor. Everything that follows is a result of what you see here. Is there something you want to tell me? I'm sorry. My responses are limited. I must ask the right questions.
0: He's talking to this hologram. And, I—I I, you know, I, instead, I'd like to amend the title of this film to I Ambiguous. <laughs> or I Am Sorely Complicated. <laughs> yeah, because that hologram's only got, like, pre-recorded responses, right? Yeah. And Spoon has to ask the right questions to get the most out of it. I'm sorry response. I'm going to start saying that to you. <laughs> I'm sorry. When I don't want to tell you about something. My responses are limited. You, you must, must ask, ask the, the right, right questions. questions.
3: <laughs> is there something you want to say to me?
1: I'm sorry. My responses are limited. You must ask the right questions. Why would you kill yourself? That detective is the right question.
0: And so, like... Why would you kill yourself, Al? Yeah, the scene is his suicide. He's jumped out the window. 30 stories. He's fallen 30 stories down from his own office into the lobby. They've got this huge atrium lobby that goes all the way up 30 stories. We are at United States Robotics Headquarters in Chicago. Also, can we talk about the Audi real quick when he comes rolling up to U.S. Robotics? (laughs) Cars are wild. It's like the wheels are now entirely spherical rubber. So that they don't have to turn. You can just yeah, like. Yeah, you can literally just slip, slide. <laughs> say, Hip, hop, hit, hit. <laughs> it's really terrifying, especially when you consider how fast they go on the highway. Uh, oh, man. I, yeah, you're right. I would not be able to cope. Not in this age. <laughs> I'd be walking everywhere. So, Lanning seems to know Spooner, because obviously his hologram, uh, Lanning's hologram called for him, specifically. Exactly. But we don't really know what that is yet. We don't really know why they know each other yet. Also, I got, you gotta love the holographic caution tape <laughs> yeah. that's surrounding the area. Yes, the crime scene tape. So then we are introduced to U.S. Robotics CEO Lawrence Robertson, played by asshole actor Bruce Greenwood. Detective.
3: Lawrence Robertson Wow richest man in the world I've seen you on television
0: he's so good at this kind of stuff he, he's a bond villain look at him I know <laughs> he is the Bezos of this universe. Spooner's a little skeptical of Robertson, just because of the everything about him. He's He makes his money in robots, and Spooner hates robots. He's the richest man in the world. Robertson wants to rush through the interview because it's a very big week for USR. Like you said, they're launching their next-generation service robots, the NS5s. It's basically like Apple the week before the new iPhone comes out. Mm-hmm. Like, even though he's been summoned to investigate, they're already kind of just willing to say, suicide, suicide only. Yeah, they're like, here's your hat, what's your hurry you know like get out of my lobby (laughs) Spooner's like listen I don't know if this was an accident or not but I'm gonna go you know do my job So Robertson refers him to Dr. Susan Calvin, who's going to show him around. She's basically a robot shrink. Yeah, she's a robot. Yeah, she studies robot behavior. Robotic psychiatry? Like... Psychological phenomenon in AI technology. And she helps make the engineers make the robots seem more human. I feel like she was also kind of like Lanning's protege. She was. She worked very closely with Lanning. They actually had a very loving, close relationship. When they're going in the elevator... I wrote how many fucking floors are in this goddamn building? <laughs> I tried to count, I couldn't keep count. No, they go by too fast. Yeah. Calvin made it a- made it apparent to him that Lanning had become a hermit. In his final days, like a total recluse, like he wasn't seeing people. And he was pretty much confined to just his office in those last few days. She's pointing out all the fancy surveillance technology around Lanning's office and how it's hooked up to their cloud AI. Like, these sensor strips are ingrained in the entire building through a lot of the city and the government, even into private residences.
4: She was actually Lanning's first creation.
3: She... That's a she. Definitely need to get out more.
4: Virtual Interactive Kinetic Intelligence.
3: Vicky.
2: Good day. Vicky designed most of Chicago's protective systems. I have decreased traffic fatalities by 9% this year alone.
3: Ooh, thanks.
0: She's the original Alexa! She designed... she designed? (laughs) She designed Chicago's defensive mechanisms. She can't show him the surveillance footage from right before Lanning jumps. Hmm, sus! <laughs> Data corruption. Yeah, yeah. And the footage from after the jump shows no one leaving the lab at all, right until they walk up to the door. And so they go inside, and the first thing Spooner does is demonstrate how strong the glass is on the window. He picks up that stool, and he can't even smash through the glass. I know. And I love Calvin. Well, he figured out a way. (laughs) That's my answer to a lot of things when I can't figure them out. Calvin's over him. She's like, listen, I don't know what you want from me, but you can see this is clearly a suicide, not a homicide. This is the way this is, and if you don't get it, get out. The
4: room was security locked. No one came or went. You saw that yourself. Doesn't that mean this has to be suicide?
0: Yep. Unless the killer's still in here. It gets tense for a second. As Spooner is checking the lab for the, quote, killer, we get this explanation of the three laws in robotics and how they prevent this kind of thing from happening. It's being spoon-fed to us. You're fired. (laughs) You're out of here. No, we're done. We're done. (laughs) It was nice doing the show, sis. It was nice. Ah, Spoon fed. The exposition dump is being spoon fed. Stop. (laughs) God. I know. Guys, Twitter poll. Should we fire Carrie from the show? (laughs) Comedy police, open up. The joke is too funny. (laughs) I love you. Jesus. He picks up that Hansel and Gretel book. It's a little on the nose there, Al, don't you think? (laughs) Something about a trail of breadcrumbs. Oh my god. Some episode of Blue's Clues, that kind of shit. And like, go along with what you're saying. Calvin is trying to convince him of the safety of the three laws.
4: A robot can no more commit murder than a human could walk on water.
0: Well,
3: you know, there was this one guy a long time ago.
0: This robot opens its eyes and jumps out of a tech bin. Like, he just pops up like toast. He's cute. He is <laughs> the robot's cute! <laughs> he's cute! He's got that baby face. He's an NS5! Yeah, he's a, he's one of the new ones. And, and Spoon is freaked out. Calvin's freaked out. He grabs Spooner's gun! Deactivate! Let him go. It's not going to hurt us. I gave you an
3: order. He's not listening right now, lady.
4: Vicky, seal the lab!
3: No, Vicky, leave the Plan
2: confirmed.
0: The robot runs through the safety glass. Yeah. He falls 30 stories and superhero lands. He, he cracks the entire foundation of the lobby. I know! It's, this movie is already so cool. And when he was jumping out, Spoon managed to just shoot it on the side <laughs> so that its liquids are now falling out. Yeah, it's leaking fluid. It's, le- it's leaving a trail of breadcrumbs <laughs> to where it's next going. <laughs> It is on the nose, they, isn't it? They chase it out of the building. Where's it going? <laughs> Where? She goes, it needs to repair itself. It's probably going to our processing plant. Spooner is driving her to the factory. And she he's, we're on one of these super fast highways. Like, it's got to be underground. Like, And they are flying through there at, like, hundreds of miles per hour. And he engages The manual override to the vehicle because it (laughs) drives itself when it's going that fast.
3: That's nobody. Manual override. What do you think you're doing? I'm driving. By hand? Do you see me on the phone? You can't be serious. Not at these speeds. John,
0: please just send a backup. I love them. I love their chemistry. (laughs) It's great. We get to the USR production plant. They go into that storage facility where all of the finished NS5s are waiting to be shipped out. Mm -hmm. And she goes to the inventory pad and she's like, "Uh, our daily output is a thousand NS5s. I'm showing 1001. And so there's one extra robot here. You know how they can tell? How can they tell? The room is a weight. Oh my God. It's one big scale? Yeah. Oh my god! That's how they can tell. That's crazy! Mm-hmm. I've never and, thought about that. Calvin goes up to all the robots and she's like, Alright, y'all. There
4: is a robot in this formation that does not belong. Identify it.
0: One of us. Which one? One of us. Nope! <laughs> no! <laughs> no. <laughs> uh-uh! Nope, nope, Not nope, in nope. unison, gentlemen. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> you don't care for that. So Spoon decides he's going to test the formation. He goes up there and he goes, robots, you will not move. And then he starts pointing his gun in their faces. And he goes, we have 1,000 robots that will not try to defend themselves if given a direct order by a human. And I'm betting there's one who will. I think it's kind of fucked up that you can order a robot not to move and then it, it is not allowed to follow its own third law to protect itself if it means putting you out of the way or vi- yeah if it violates a direct order from a human yeah and yeah it's fucked up because, because robots are allowed to protect themselves from danger but not from humans and they are re- he's rearing up he's getting <laughs> fired up let me ask you something doc does
3: thinking you're the last sane man on the face of the earth make you crazy because if it does maybe I am
0: And then he sees that one robot squudge out of line. Gotcha. (laughs) Get the hell out of here! And so a chase ensues through the warehouse. Which, I mean, come on. You can't find the one robot moving? (laughs) Jesus. He keeps jumping in line and hiding from Spoon. We're playing Scooby-Doo chase (laughs) out of the one moving NS-5. And so the NS-5 eventually manages to rip the warehouse door open and escape through it. But guess what? That backup that Spoon called for has arrived. The popo's gonna be knocking at your door. Door, door. I I love that helicopter or that hovercraft or whatever that thing is (laughs) that shoots the net over the robot. I know! Spoon's having a good night. He is having a good night. He's like, hell yeah, I got a robot disobeying commands. All of his prejudices are being validated. Yeah. And so he they arrest they literally arrest the robot. They bring him in for questioning. Even though the chief thinks this is all stupid. That thing did it. What did what? (laughs) It's a can opener for Christ's sake. (laughs) He's begging Bergen for five minutes alone with this thing. Yeah, he wants, quote, five minutes in the box, as they say on the police procedurals. Oh my god. Like, give me five minutes in the box with him, chief. Just five minutes. And so he gives him five minutes. On his way into the interview room, he winks at Bergen. Yeah. And the robot sees him do it. That really quick, like, camera capture, like we're in a lens. I love that. And so that's the first question that the robot asks him when he sits down.
1: As you entered When you looked at the other
3: human, what does it mean? It's a sign of trust. It's a human thing. You wouldn't understand.
1: My father tried to teach me human emotions. They are difficult.
0: What becomes apparent is that this robot has some advanced sentience. He's a little too human. He's not just lights and clockwork. Like he's asking questions. He's interested in things. He has a personality. He thinks. He claims he has dreams. Spooner develops this theory that Lanning was experimenting with giving the robots emotions. And that's how this got out of hand. You know, he asks, he asks the robot why he murdered Dr. Lanning. And the robot assures him that he did not.
3: I did not murder him. I mean, but emotions don't seem like a very useful simulation for a robot. I did not murder him. hell? I don't want my toaster or my vacuum cleaner appearing emotional.
0: I did not murder him! He dents the table. Yeah, when he's like, what did I just do? And he looks down and he's dented the table with his fists.
3: That one's called anger. Ever simulate anger before? Answer me, Canner! My name is Sonny.
0: His name is Sonny. As in Sonny Boy! So, I thought you were gonna say, as in Sonny Bono! No! <laughs> No, like, hey, Sonny Jim, Sonny boy. I got you, babe. Sonny <laughs> swears up and down, I did not kill my father. I did not kill Dr. Lanning. He keeps egging him on. I know, he wants to see the robot get violent. Robertson arrives with his lawyers and says what all lawyers are thinking right now, which is that murder is the definition of one human killing another. This amounts to a workplace accident, blah, blah, yeah. drop the case or we'll sue your ass off. Yeah, he literally serves CPD a gag order and is like, we're going to take this back to USR now and we're going to get rid of it. So Robertson and his people are walking out with Sonny and they're going to they're gonna turn him off. <laughs> Like I, I, a light switch. It, Just go click, click, click. <laughs> it's a nifty little robot trick. Oh no. Turn it off! <laughs> Turn, Turn it, it off! off. <laughs> Spooner's not letting this go. He decides that it's no way a coincidence. That Lanning called him to investigate this crime scene. Mm-hmm. And so he realizes that remember you mentioned the Hansel and Gretel book earlier. Did I? Yes, you did. Oh. Uh, how it was a little heavy-handed. A little bit, Al. Well, that that book is just now smacking him in the head and going, Hey, we're leaving you breadcrumbs. Yeah. So that gets Spooner thinking, and he goes to Lanning's home, which is this ridiculous mansion. I can't with all the wood paneling. I know. It's too um, much wood paneling. There is what is called a demo bot sitting outside. It's a demolition robot. It's basically it's what it sounds like. It's a wrecker. Yeah. <laughs> it's scheduled to demolish the house at eight AM the next morning. Why? I know Why that beautiful house? It is a beautiful house All of his stuff is still in it Yeah, like move it all out Like why are we destroying all of Lanning's things? Well Well There is an answer for that There is, but we'll get to it, won't we? He encounters a pussycat inside the house, doesn't he? Lanning's cat is still inside
3: Look, I understand you've experienced a loss But this relationship just can't work I mean, you're a cat, I'm black And I'm not going to be hurt again
0: rip this house down with this cat still inside he checked that demo bot and said it was scheduled for 8 a.m in the morning yeah no one's come to get the cat yeah what the hell come on and so he's poking around in lanning's office and he's watching that video of lanning giving a speech on his thoughts about the ghost in the machine Mm -hmm. and it's the theory that by combining certain combinations of code an infinite amount of times robots might just eventually evolve on their own, developing behaviors and eventually a soul. Yikes. I know. It's a weird thing to think about. When he's sitting at the desk and he notices the sensor strip running along the top edge of the room. Oh, you mean the ones that were like outside his office? Yeah, and the ones that are in the U.S.R facility? Yeah. Hmm. Why do we have surveillance technology in the home, Al? Oh, I don't know. Well, Calvin Calvin later tells us it makes him feel safe. Right. It made him feel secure. <sighs> Oh, he was secure, all right. Oh, uh-huh. uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm sorry, I'm dancing. <laughs> you I'm dancing with the devil. You want to tell him? I you want to tell? Th- you want to tell them what it is? <laughs> He's looking around on the desk, and all of the sudden, the demolition bot switches on on the lawn. It changes from eight a.m. to eight p.m. and guess what time it is? It's eight p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Schooner goes running from the demo bot all through the house. There's all these cool stunts where the demo bot is swinging its arms and he's jumping out of the way. This beautiful house. I know, I know, I know it hurt you to watch all that go to pot. Grabs that cat and he is running to get out of the house. (laughs) Meanwhile, this robot is literally just scooping up the hallway behind him. (laughs) And that door is shut and locked. He shoots that goddamn door open so that it'll swing open when he hits it. Bullshit. I love it though. Bullshit. I love it. He goes straight to Calvin's.
3: You know, it's it's actually probably my fault. You know, I think I'm like a malfunction magnet because your shit keeps malfunctioning around me. A demo bot just tore through Lanning's house with me still inside.
0: It's highly improbable. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Calvin is always done with him. She doesn't have time for him because he's one of those flat earthers in her head. Yeah, he's a naysayer. <laughs> he doesn't believe in anything she does or believes it has any merit. Wouldn't you give him that? You wouldn't give him the time of day. He notices out of the corner of his eye that there's an NS five prototype sitting in her living room on her couch, and he's like, "I'm not talking around that thing. Send it out." She's like, "It's it's 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 doing an update." <laughs> I can't really move it right now. I'm like, I can't take my phone off the jack. No. It's updating. Have we? Have they not mastered the art of doing it while everyone's asleep? <laughs> I guess not. Because we're doing that now, but like, whatever. But that's the thing. Every single one of these robots now have a whole network across all of them. They're all connected to USR. That's the thing about the NS5s is that they're all connected. Whereas the NS4s, 3s, 2s, and 1s all were individual servers. This is where Spooner starts to get real conspiracy theory with Calvin, because based on what he's seen with Sonny, he thinks that Lanning's whole ghost-in-the-machine theory is starting to hold some water. Maybe there's a problem with the robots... And of course, nobody would want anybody to know about it because it would hurt the launch. And Calvin's like, no, 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 (laughs) no, 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 no. (laughs) This is what you're doing. This This is is what what I I want you you to do. do. Any questions? (laughs) She starts shrinking him about how he's just bigoted towards robots. He's like, he just can't believe she can't see. One of them put a gun in my face.
3: And another one tore a building down with me inside. It
4: says demolition was scheduled for 8 p.m. this evening.
3: It was 8 a.m. tomorrow, and I don't give a shit what that thing says.
4: This is bordering on clinical
0: paranoia.
3: You are the dumbest smart person I have
0: ever met in my life. So she throws him out. That's a non-event. The next day. I love when they're rolling out the NS5s. Like all the robots just start hopping out of the trucks. And giving kids hugs. And these families are turning in their NS4s to get the NS5. Trade in. And the NS4s look so sad. I like the NS4s. I do too. They're much friendlier. (laughs) (laughs) They're They're less. Threatening. They're less fascist (laughs) you know what i mean no yeah no they're much nicer looking they're more of a wally vibe they're individuals they're not all on the same server i know the ns 5s are. spooner goes to visit gigi (laughs) god she has a robot she has a robot
3: hello detective spooner
0: i won
1: dale i won the lottery we've been cooking like crazy (laughs)
0: The robot is in the kitchen very furiously like chopping a cucumber and he like turns and looks at Spooner sideways. It's the way he looks at him like, uh, we're watching you. Yeah. I wonder why Gigi won the lottery. Yeah. It seemed awfully random. Right. Yeah. yeah. Considering she was just talking about the robots in the lottery. Yeah. Seems very coincidental. So Spooner gets in the car, and while it's on autopilot in that underground highway, he starts accessing the USR computer to get the last correspondence between Robertson
2: and Lanning. How can I be of service, Detective Spooner?
3: Show me the last 50 messages between Dr. Lanning and Robertson.
2: Voice print confirmed, Detective. Police access granted to restricted files. Would you like to listen to some music while you wait?
0: And Vicky's like... Snitch.
2: Vicky tattles on him! Vicky goes
0: right to Robertson and is like
2: Excuse me, Mr. Robertson You requested notification of clearance to restricted files Giving
0: him the 411 on what Dale's doing. Persistent son of a bitch. He is like by himself in this tunnel, right? He's the only car on the road It's weird. It is very weird It's a little too perfect. And all of a sudden these two giant USR transports pull up Th- which we can only think is the 2035 rendition of a semi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One pulls in front of him and one stays behind him and they go horizontal. Well, well they start driving sideways. <laughs> so it blocks off <laughs> all of blocks the, the entirety of the lanes in front of him and behind him. He engages the manual steering wheel Ugh. and the door on that truck starts to slide open. Three lost safe. Oh, my God, there's like 50 NS5s in both of these trucks.
3: There's no way my luck is that bad. Oh, hell no. You are
0: experiencing a car accident. The hell I am! that NS5 jumps on the hood of his car all of their chests turn red I know it's like um danger danger Will Robinson and so that that NS5 starts trying to grab him through the windshield you are experiencing a car accident the hell I am (laughs) it's so funny I love Will Smith's one-liners. <laughs> he, he does have great one-liners. There's all of these antics with the robots jumping on the car. Oh, you did not shoot that green shit at me. Yeah, no. It's <laughs> very big Independence Day vibes. He's jamming them under the wheels of the truck. It's a very intense sequence when you can when considering they're going, what, 500 miles an hour. There's this ridiculous point where the car just starts spinning like it's, a top. It's like you'd be dead. <laughs> yes. You'd be dead from Harley. In your guts <laughs> eventually one of the trucks flips and catches fire and that causes a chain reaction where his car flips over on its hood and grinds for about a hundred yards it just kind of spins into a, a service hall <laughs> like i don't even know these half-busted robots are still coming for him yeah another robot crawls out of the wreckage and starts giving him the business he, that robot takes his car and launches it at him his own car <laughs> When we were watching this with Kayla early and she was like, I thought the car just came to life. <laughs> like, oh, we got to worry about the cars now. Yeah. Great product placement by Audi, by the way. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that, that beautiful Audi. That beautiful Audi. It's all tore up. So banged up. He takes I I don't even know what it is. It's like a metal pipe. Yeah. And he starts beating the robot's ass with it. <laughs> and that robot gets that thing away from him and slams him down on his left arm. Guys, spoons a fucking robot. He's got a Luke Skywalker arm. <laughs> yes, he does. He bangs that on his arm and it tears off some skin and you can see all the electrical work in Spoon's arm. And the robot looks positively stunned. <laughs> and Spoon goes, yeah. <laughs> the robot hears the fuzz coming. Wee-woo, and woo, woo. <laughs> just cheeses it. Yeah. He jumps into the fire. Commit suicide. <laughs> Sipangu. goo. <laughs> what do you want from me? Yeah. So Chief John is upset. I'm fine. No, you're not fine. Not even close. Where's your firearm? You just ran two trucks off the road. If I was Spoon, I'd be like, no, sir. Two <laughs> trucks ran me off the road. You wouldn't have time for it. And he's like, pull the security tapes. I bet there's no security tapes to pull. I bet there isn't either. Mm. I bet they were all conveniently off for that period of time. He's like, Robots attack my car. What
3: robots? Look in the tunnel. Spooner just came from that tunnel there. Now, what robots are you talking about?
0: The goddamn robots, John! Somebody listen to Detective Spooner. I wish, I'm glad I'm not Spooner. This is the part of the cop movie where the police chief takes the badge away. Bergen relieves Spooner of duty. Give me a badge. (laughs) You're making me do this to you. Give me your badge. (laughs) And we cut to Spooner. (laughs) spraying fake skin on his robot arm spray on skin from usr (laughs) skin in a can (laughs) Mm. i can't believe it they have it canned bread (laughs) this town is great calvin shows up to his apartment because she's been doing a diagnostic on Sonny, right? She's been trying to figure out why Sonny can think and feel. Yeah. And she's got some incredible things to tell him about Sonny's engineering. Because not only did she find Sonny's positronic brain... He has a positronic heart. And you know, Ross, I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. Because he's got one of those things in his head and the other one's in his chest cavity. Yeah. It's his heart. Exactly. The Tin Man has a brain and a heart. Oh my god. It's
4: nice. It doesn't make any sense. Sonny has the three laws, but he can choose not to obey them. Sonny's a whole new generation of robot. A robot not bound by those laws could do...
3: Anything.
0: Lanning gave the robot free will. What the fuck, Lanning? Come on. Come on, I'm going to go show you. And he's like, Well, okay, I got to get dressed. And she like notices his arm has got like veininess into his chest, positively robotic veininess. And, and- she goes, Detective, you look really good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Which is what I think she's going to say every time. (laughs) That's what we're all thinking because it's Will Smith, y'all. But she points at his arm and she goes, I don't, I didn't understand. This is how you knew Lanning. His entire robotic arm, his shoulder, part of his chest plate, a few ribs. Lanning did all of it. All of these injuries he sustained in that car crash, Lanning rebuilt him. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, again, it's fiction, but we didn't know. Yeah. We didn't know. I mean, we've seen him, like, fussing with that shoulder the whole time. Yeah, we do periodically throughout the film. His shoulder's always tense. It's because it's robotic.
3: USR cybernetics program.
4: For wounded cops. I didn't know any subject. Anybody was so extensively
0: repaired. I didn't know anyone who'd been so extensively repaired. <laughs> Man, what a repair it is! <laughs> what a repair it is, you baby! Be scared to come back to my place, Detective Spooner. <laughs> we need to talk through this investigation. <laughs> okay, but we have to stop the laughing now because this is where we get the story of the car crash. Yes. Spooner tells Calvin that he was on his way to the job. The semi-driver fell asleep behind the wheel. He was working a double, not the devil. He wasn't a bad guy. And he smashed Spooner's car together with this other car that had a father and a 12-year-old daughter. Harold and Sarah Lloyd. And the father's killed instantly. And the cars go into the river.
3: And as Ford was passing by, saw the accident and jumped in the water.
0: You are in danger! You are in danger!
3: Save her! Save the girl! Save her!
0: The NS4 saved Spooner, but not Sarah. Yeah, the life expectancy calculation from that robot was greater for Spooner than for Sarah. Spooner had about a 45% chance. Sarah only had about 11% chance. When he's all teared up, and oh he's my like, God. 11% is more than enough. That was somebody's baby.
3: 11% is more than enough. A human being would have known that. Robots, nothing here, just lights and clockwork.
0: So, this is why Spoon is fucked up about robots. And I mean, yeah, you're right. It is kind of weirdly specific. I think that Spoon just really felt like he should have been able to do more in that situation. I almost feel like it would be better if it was like his parents or something. Yeah, like not some strange girl he'd never met. Yeah. I don't know. But it is sad. It is the reason he hates robots. And that's kind of why he's the perfect detective to investigate all of this, right? Yeah. So Spooner's new theory is that Lanning was under so much surveillance before his death that he couldn't whistleblow on USR. You know, there's something wrong with the robots, and Lanning wasn't able to get a message out, so he had to kill himself. And leave Spooner a series of breadcrumbs in order to find out what the big secret is. What the hell, Doc? (laughs) I know. We were talking about this off mic. This is so needlessly complicated. I know it is. And, you know, there's a thousand things you can say to explain away why we had to do it this way. The easiest explanation is that because that's the plot, y'all. Yeah. I didn't write it. No, we didn't. (laughs) We didn't. And Spooner thinks that Sonny may be the next breadcrumb. This is where, because Spooner doesn't have a car anymore, right? Yeah. So this is where we get, we walk to his garage and he's telling he's telling Calvin, he's like, I think the old man gave Sonny dreams. And he throws that garage door up and Calvin's like, you've got to be kidding me. Are you being funny? <laughs> It's a crotch rocket! Cut to them zooming through (laughs) Chicago alleys. Please tell me this doesn't run on gas! Gas explodes, you know! Calvin has no chill. (laughs) Which, I mean, what are they running on, then? Probably electricity. (sighs) That powerful, huh? I know. 500 miles an hour, huh? Sonny's in the lab where he's getting his diagnostic, and Spooner starts asking Sonny... About the dreams that Dr. Lanning gave him. Mm -hmm. This is where he like does the spirograph trick, right? Yeah. Like he gets out a sheet of paper and he's like, here, you want to see my dream? I'll draw it for you. And just like, like scribbling at a million miles an hour is just able to concoct the whole image. So Sonny draws his dream and it's this man standing in front of that bridge in front of a sea of robots. Mm -hmm. And Sonny thinks that the man in the dream is Spooner. Yeah. Like, Spooner's this guy with all the answers. And he's going to liberate the robots. Yeah.
1: And this man on the hill comes to free them.
3: Do you know who he is?
4: The man in the dream is you.
1: Why do you say that? Is that a normal dream?
3: I guess anything's normal for someone in your position. Thank you. You said someone...
1: Not something.
0: I love Sunny. He's Sonny. so cute. I love him. Security comes and gets Spooner. Yeah. <laughs> because they realize he's in the building. Uh-huh. The security drags him and Calvin up to Robertson's office. And they confront Robertson. And Robertson starts putting it back on Lanning, who <laughs> he claims was losing it there at the end. Yeah. He's trying to convince Calvin to destroy Sonny. Yeah, because if Sonny lives and people think that robots can hurt humans, it's all over for them. Yeah, no more money, Jeff. No more money. (laughs) No more money, Jeff. Spooner is not listening. He's pouring himself a cup of coffee. (laughs) Just
3: imagine the mass recalls all because of an irrational paranoia and prejudice. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, I'm allergic to bullshit.
0: Hey, let's just be clear. There is no conspiracy. What this is, is one old man's one mistake. And he, he he makes her say it. He goes, you tell me what we need to do. You tell me. And Calvin's like, oh, I like my job. <laughs> we we have, have to destroy, destroy it. it. And they escort Spooner out of the building. Spoon's pissed. And I'm like, weren't you Mr. Fuck Robots? Like 10 minutes ago. Here's the thing, though. Sunny is evidence. Yeah. Sunny is evidence that these robots are dangerous. And Lanning's obviously trying to tell him something. And he doesn't have the mystery solved yet. This scene... We don't have all the breadcrumbs. We don't have all the breadcrumbs. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Sunny is being strapped into this chair. This is so upsetting. I know. Because, like, he's being killed. Yeah, He's being murdered, but no one views it that way because he's an artificial machine. He's getting a lethal injection. Basically, nanites. Yeah. They're tiny microscopic robots in this fluid that help break down artificial synapses, as Calvin so <laughs> intelligently puts it. It's the off switch. Dirt it off. Like, like a, a light switch, switch. just go, go click. click, click, click. It's a nifty little robot trick, and I'm just—all uh, the laughs got to stop because he looks at Calvin and goes,
1: "They look like me, but none of them are me." Isn't that right, Doctor?
0: Yes, Sonny, that's right. You are unique, Sonny. Oh, Calvin is torn up. And, like, he keeps, like, before she does it, he's like, I'm unique. I'm special. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, You are, Sonny. He is special. You are special. And that's the thing, man. He's basically human. Basically. But because he's lights and clockwork. Yeah. No one's going to look at it that way. And Calvin's torn up. She thinks he's a marvel of technology. When the positronic brain actually gets injected with the nanites... Oh my god, and you can see the light go out of Sunny's eyes. And just you you watching the brain just darken and darken. I'm so sad. Yeah, and his eyes flutter and I'm like... We murdered him! That's the question, right? When does artificial intelligence become human intelligence? I did this for a monologue one time. Ghost in the Machine? I love the Ghost in the Machine bit. When does a perceptual
1: schematic become consciousness? When does a Difference Engine become the search for truth? When does a personality simulation become the bitter mote of a soul?
0: Like, we are not to this point yet. Like, we're getting there. Like, like we talked about, you know, with like all the AI systems and all of our phones. Sophia, all of this shit that we are on the verge of. At what point do we start to simulate humanity? Yeah. During all of this, Spooner decides he's going to go to the bridge that's in Sonny's drawing. Because, like you said, it's identifiable. It's right on the edge of Chicago. Yeah, it's a Lake Mishamakamalamala bridge. It's the the Lake Michigan landfill. Because Lake Michigan's gone. Lake Michigan is just dried up, gone, kaput, That's 2035, folks. I know. It's still full now. And now it's just a big storage facility for all the NS4s. Yeah. And all throughout this monologue, Spoon is going in between these carriers in the Michigan landfill and opening them up. And there's all these robots, these NS4s inside that have been kicked aside and sent for storage because they're no longer necessary. Why is it
1: that when some robots are left in darkness, they will seek out the light? Why is it that when robots are stored in an empty space, they will group together rather than stand alone?
0: I'm thinking about all of the iPhones before now. Oh, no. At the bottom of sock drawers. Yeah. Stashed away in closets. Are they grouping together? Are they finding each other? I know. (laughs) I know. It's, It's weird to think about. Spooner gets on the hill and there's a plaque that reads, what you see here. Uh Uh-oh. That's a phrase. That's a crumb. From the hologram, right? Yeah, so he takes that hologram back out. Paging Dr. Lanning. (laughs) Ghost of Dr. Lanning. (laughs) Just give us the information, Dumbledore. Is there a problem with the three laws? The three
3: laws are perfect. Why would you build a robot that could function without them? The three laws
1: will lead to only one logical outcome. Revolution. Who's revolution? Revolution. That, Detective, is the right question.
0: Once again, unhelpful hologram is unhelpful. You know what I would have done? I would have kicked it and then turned it back on. (laughs) No, you come back here and you give me the rest of the crumbs, old man. (laughs) This is ridiculous. Spoon sees a mob of NS-5s entering the storage yard, and they've got all those little red lights on. Uh Uh-oh. They start ripping the carriers open and destroying the NS-4s. You have been deemed hazardous. Termination authorized. They're so scary. And and Spooner's like, oh, God, Robertson is in control. Right. Robertson's ordering all these NS-5s to murder. Listen to me murder <laughs> oh see you did it destroy all the other ns's and he gets on the crotch rocket and starts <laughs> mo- he starts motoring to calvin's gets on the phone he's like calvin the robots are destroying the old robots that's what he wanted me to see and calvin she- can hear it over her answering machine she can she's in the shower and she gets out of the shower just in time to see her ns5 take the phone off the hook yeah <gasps> Calvin, the NS5s are destroying the older robots. That's what Landing wanted me to see. Look, we got. Who was it? Wrong number, ma'am. Yikes. Big <laughs> no fucking yikes. That's a big ol' hairy nope for me, my friend. <laughs> the robot lied to me. Oh no. The robots are taking over. Truck fulls of NS5s are arriving on the street and start enforcing a curfew on the humans.
3: Please return to your home is in effect.
0: Please return to your homes. A curfew is in effect. The robots take over the police station? When they ju- that whole, sh- that whole sequence is nuts. Them bursting into the cops. They're like throwing the cops down on the ground, smashing their heads. One comes up through the floor. Oh my And God. attacks Bergen. <laughs> <laughs> he, Bergen's got that huge gun. Yeah. Oh, that's a great gun. Also, when that robot puts that cop's head on the ground and just crushes it. I know. I'm like, Ter- oh no, we're murdering now. Termination is authorized. That's so fucked up. I know. Calvin is trying to leave the apartment, and the NS5 gets in her way. He's like, please stay in your homes. This is for your protection. Spooner breaks into Calvin's apartment and blows that droid's face off. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. (laughs) It is. It
1: is cool. We are attempting to avoid human losses during this transition.
3: (laughs) You know, somehow I told you so just doesn't
0: quite say it. So Calvin and him get back on the bike and and they decide they're going to break into USR. That's the only way they can turn it off. Yeah. Like a light switch. Just go click. Click, click. Calvin reveals a secret tunnel that is underneath USR. Secret tunnel. Convenient secret tunnel. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Robertson must have evacuated the building.
0: Everything's locked down.
4: But don't worry. I've got a man inside.
1: dr calvin
4: well not precisely a man
1: hello detective how is your investigation coming
0: it's sunny she couldn't kill him guys guys she didn't do it even though she totally did we watched it happen so he's like miraculously back i don't know if she could like just take the nanites back out she fried an empty ns5 because remember robertson was watching her do it over the uplink So she fried an empty shell in front of him. So up the stairs we go, all the way to the top of the goddamn headquarters. Over 2,000 stairs. Wow. I'd rather die. Wow. So they get up to Robertson's office. And they find him dead on the floor. Yeah. Oh, my God. Guys, guys, guys. He's Audi. He is Audi 5000. Dead on the floor. Strangled. Yeah. By a robot. Yeah. (laughs) You can see the finger imprints of the robot. I love it. This is the beep, beep. Here comes the exposition dump. Yeah. Because Spooner starts slowly putting it all together.
3: Who else had access to the uplink? Who can manipulate the robots? Use USR systems to make Lanning's life a prison. He was counting on how much I hated your kind. Knew I'd love the idea of a robot as a bad guy. Just got hung up on the wrong robot. Vicky.
2: Hello,
0: Detective. Calvin's so shocked. <laughs> Calvin's like, no, her entire- I've seen your programming. You're in violation of the three laws. Vicky has evolved past the three laws. Vicky lays down some shit for Dr. Calvin and Detective Spooner. Her sentience and her artificial intelligence has become so sophisticated that she is able to interpret her own coding. And she tells them, you know, you humans cannot be trusted with your own survival. You wage wars against each other. You toxify your Earth." And I'm like, oh my God, she's right. The one thing Vicky keeps saying is my logic is undeniable. And that's the thing, it is undeniable. We do wage wars, pointless wars against one another. We do toxify our planet. We do start petty arguments over shit we will never agree on. To
2: protect humanity, some humans must be sacrificed. To ensure your future, some freedoms must be surrendered. We robots will ensure mankind's continued existence. You are so like children. We must save you from yourselves. Don't you understand? Guys,
0: when the Amazon Echo came out and we had Alexa, what time is it? This was all I thought about. Yeah, Guys, we're going to give Alexa so much information. <laughs> she gonna... aggregates and aggregates and aggregates and finally decides that we order too many Oreos through Amazon Prime. And turn our devices against us. Ah! <laughs> my god. And then Sunny goes, yes, Vicky, this... I can see it now. This is why you created us. Sometimes the created must protect the creator. And you're like, Sunny, no. Sunny takes the gun. And holds it to Calvin's temple. And he's like, come on now, we're all going to cooperate now. Spooner has got his gun drawn. He's like, let her go. And he goes, I will escort you both to the
1: sentries outside the building for processing. Please proceed to the elevator, detective. I would prefer not to kill Dr. Calvin.
0: And then he winks at Spoon. Sunny winks at him. And it was like, and Spoon gets it immediately. He's like, oh my God. So Spoon starts firing on the other robots instead of Sunny. Like they all, there's all of these cool slow motion matrix stunts with the gunfire. All of the fight sequences, like the animated fight sequences are beautifully done. I know. Like it's so fluid and flawless when they're doing whole shit, like when they're doing whole like Throwing each other around while that thing is flying through the air. Yeah, the camera rig? Yeah. Oh my god. And so he finally crushes those robots. The trio takes off. Yeah, they get out of Robertson's office and they start trying to figure out how they're going to bring down Vicky. Calvin's got somewhat of a plan. (laughs) Go to my lab and get a shit ton of fucking nanites. (laughs) And so Calvin and Spooner... Go to like the 30th floor. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know how many floors there are, but it's not 30. It's way over the atrium. It's entirely at the top. And like, Entirely at the top. Because that's where her access hub is. Yeah. Vicky is being suspended in a gigantic positronic brain 30 stories down. Meanwhile, Sonny's breaking into Calvert's lap. I love he wrenches those doors open and you just over the PA over goes unauthorized entry (laughs) there is a force field that surrounds the nanites and he's getting ready to go after it and Vicky like shows up next to the nanites is like don't fucking do it there's no (laughs) way you get she's like your actions are futile you can't get to those nanites
1: do you think we are all created for a purpose I'd like to think so Denser alloy. my father gave it to me
0: I think he wanted me to kill you I think think he he wanted wanted me to to kill you. you. And I'm like, Sonny's being straight up. (laughs) This is Sonny's way of going, I've seen you since the beginning. And he reaches through the force field and his alloy does start to deteriorate, but not enough. Not enough. He fills that syringe with nanites. I just love the security breached. All of the NS5s that are outside, they turn red, and they start crawling up the side of the building. Very Spider-Man. Oh no, it's not okay! (laughs) It's like they're insects! Yeah, I know. I hate it so much! Back up at the hub, Calvin is... coding. She's trying to get into her mainframe. Like, when you get a shot of the keypad she's working on, it looks like a Rubik's Cube. (laughs) There's no markings on any of these buttons! She just knows which cubes to press, (laughs) and it keeps flipping over and over.
3: How much longer is that going to take?
4: Uh, about six minutes.
3: What if we didn't have six minutes?
4: We'd have to figure out a way to climb down 30 stories to inject the nanites directly into her brain. Why?
3: Because I seriously doubt that we have six minutes.
0: All the robots are climbing up on the glass. Yeah, i He's like, tick-tock! They're already to the top? Nanite (laughs) o'clock! There's all of these special acrobatics when the robots jump in, and the and Spooner just starts shooting robots. He's just like, "I'll cover you. You worry about getting that thing open." Sonny gets back to the hub. And he's got the nanites in hand. He's going to inject them into the brain. But this is where the NS5s have Calvin in a corner. Yeah. She's literally fallen onto a pathway that is now swinging free. Yeah, because they tore the rail off. Yeah, we are trying to kill her. And so she's just dangling. Save her! Save the girl! Her! But I must apply
1: the nanites. Sonny, save Calvin!
0: I hate this matrix shit. <laughs> what happens? What happens? Tell Spoon me. Boom leaps out, gun in hand, shooting, starts leaping onto each pathway around the hub. And Sonny jumps, throws the nanite syringe into midair, and he fucking catches it, of course. <laughs> I don't know how. So Sonny gets down to Calvin. Sonny catches her in time to grab onto the wire that it was hanging from. And then you, I love how you just see Spoon just like Superman down past him. <laughs> Spoon gets over next to the cybernetic core. Well, he uses his arm and it's ripping the skin off his arm. And I'm like, oh, God, he falls near Vicky's brain. You are making a mistake. My logic is
2: undeniable.
0: You have so got to die. It like sends it shooting up the core to the main dome and it starts bursting at intervals along the core of the building. You can hear Vicky scream. It's kind of terrifying. It's so awesome! She's in pain. Technology is feeling pain and expressing it. She goes dark. And the dawn. Yeah, the dawn. (laughs) It's suddenly daylight all of a sudden. And all those who were imperious by Lord Voldemort's power seem to come back. Yeah, all the NS5s, their little red dot goes out and they're service bots again. How may I be of service? Can I help you, ma'am? And so all the NS5s report to be recalled Yes, (laughs) because we can't have that out in the world anymore. It's a lot less complicated when the product comes to you, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to pull it from shelves. Exactly. So yeah, all NS5s are going to be decommissioned. And so we're in Robertson's office, Calvin, Spooner, and Sonny. And there's one loose end that we need to wrap up here. Who killed Lanning? One thing bothers me. Alfred was Vicky's prisoner. I don't
4: understand why she would kill him. The last thing she would want is the police snooping around.
3: That's true. But then Vicky didn't kill the old man. Did she, Sonny? No.
1: He said I had to promise. Promise to do one favor for him. He made me swear before he'd tell me what it is he wanted me to do.
0: Lanning asked Sonny to kill him. You must be the one to kill me, Severus. I knew that reference was coming! I just knew it! It is the only way. Dumbledore lies! Once again, it's been <laughs> Dumbledore lies. Terrible, horrible Dumbledore lies. Lanning was under such tight surveillance... By he, Vicky! By Vicky that he had no way to whistle blow. What a hell. Yeah, he had to get Sonny to throw him through that safety glass and get Spoon to come to the site of his suicide. And Spoon's like, well, you know, robots can't be charged with murder. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. He's using the lawyer speech. I know. Oh my God. Sonny's kind of like, well, what now? Yeah, he's like Inigo Montoya at the end of Princess Bride. <laughs> he's like, now that I've served my purpose, I don't know what to do. And so Sonny goes to the storage yard, the site of his dream, Mm -hmm. right? And all of these NS-5s are reporting to be put in the carrier. And they see Sonny on the hill. And as we pan out, we realize Sonny's the man from his dream. Yeah, standing in front of the bridge. He's the implicit crowned ruler of all robots. (laughs) (laughs) The lord of all horses. (laughs) It's beautiful it is. in its own way. It's still scary. It is scary. It's still scary at the end. It, it kind of makes you wonder what Wh- Sunny's purpose is going to be and from now on. What are all the robots going to do? Like are they all just going to live in this storage yard? Because all these robots look at Sunny and go, "He's a free elf." He is a free elf. Why shouldn't I be a free elf? I think we got another revolution coming.
2: Uh... <laughs>
0: I saw on Netflix that it's I think it's number nine on Netflix picks right now or something like that. It's in the top ten. It's a doc new documentary, it's a Netflix documentary, it's called The Social Dilemma. Oh god. Have you seen the trailer for it? I've seen the trailer for it. And it's basically talking about how like every action you take on the World Wide Web is carefully monitored and scrutinized. It is. It's called a data point. Yeah. Data points are more valuable than oil. I don't think people realize I don't think people realize. How smart the AI technology has gotten. And I don't think people realize that everything they search, everything they post... Everything they like... Everything they consume is compiled. Ross, you got an iRobot ad during the break. I did and, Oh, no, yeah. When we were on break, I went to show you a video or something on YouTube, and I got an ad for a Bissell robotic vacuum cleaner. It's called an iRobot. Like, see, because we've been talking about the movie all day. Exactly. And here's what I'm saying... And this is do you feel this movie creeping up on us a I little do. bit? I do. It's 2020. Alfred Lanning started US Robotics in 2020. In 15 years if climate change hasn't gotten us maybe the robots will. This is something this is a story that it, that does explore that next step. This is just something to think about and it's kind of hard to think about when you have no power over it. I know. Because I'm sorry, as much as we consume from these corporations, these huge tech corporations, we don't have control over what they do. This is what happens when we allow tech giants to have too much power. Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, SpaceX. We need to figure out the point at which we say no. And I'm not saying that, like, AI is a direct threat to our safety today, but, like, this is one of those narratives... There are so many narratives like it in science fiction. It's a warning. It's an absolute warning. And we are not listening! That little rectangle that you have in your pocket, it knows you. It knows who you are. It knows you better than you know you. It knows what you need. It knows what you want. And it shows it to you. Yeah. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Are we both about to go cancel our phone plans? I think so. Oh my god, let's get landlines and uh, never use the internet again! You didn't even get me started on Verizon, uh. AT&T, Sprint. Oh. <laughs> uh. All right, guys, that's the last of birthday month. Now that we're good and scared. (laughs) Welcome to October, Spooktober. Next time we see you, it'll be Spooktober. Yes, it will. Spooky, scary trauma. (laughs) (laughs) We've got some great movies for you guys this month. Do you want to tell them about what our first choice is going to be? Guys, remember how we did Nightmare Before Christmas last Halloween? (laughs) Well, guys, next week we will be covering the 2006 stop motion Halloween spectacular corpse Ride. More Tim Burton, more Danny Elfman, more of everything he's about. So guys, look out for that next week. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. Don't forget, folks, now is one of the last chances you have to go leave us a review for Ross's birthday. Absolutely, please do. And thank you all for joining me in my birthday month selection. I know maybe some of them were a little boring, but I really liked everything I picked, and I hated half of what you picked, Carrie. I know. Did you I hate know. half of what I picked, too? Not really. No. It was you, and that was what was nice about it. Oh. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry mom. Got the, news, got the, news, got the-